When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Today we are making sort of an elevated steak sandwich for tailgate season. We've got a little bit over a pound of flank steak. And the marinade is going to be one can of Classic City Lager, of course, a super versatile easy-to-use lager beer. Yeah, from Creature Comforts here in Athens. That's uh, Caitlin's Grill. Found her on YouTube, and she's whooping up some tailgating restaurants, uh, recipes, and using beer to marinate. And God bless her, she found a good use for lager. I don't drink lager. If lager were the only beer, I wouldn't drink beer. Thankfully, it's not. A lot of choices out there, and that's largely because of the craft brewers. We used to call it the microbrewers back in the day. Uh, exploded as an industry back in the early part of this century. Continues to grow in other states more than here, or so we are led to understand. Uh, joining us now, the executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild, the trade association for the independent brewers across the state, just penned an op-ed piece for the AJC, did Joseph Cortez. Current laws, he says, governing how small businesses distribute beer are too restrictive, outdated, and in need of reform. Joseph Cortez, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for having me, Tim. I, my first thought upon seeing this is, wait a minute, I thought we plowed this field seven or eight years ago. Uh, there were issues then addressed by the legislature. You, you folks, the craft brewing industry, pushed the legislature for a couple of three years before you finally had your breakthrough, able to sell, for example, something you couldn't do before, your beer on your premises. Uh, so I, I thought we had cleared up a lot of this. What, what's new and what's left to be done? Sure. Well, thanks for bringing that up. Um, you know, we did we did address one of the major issues in 2017 with Senate Bill 85. And what that did was, for the first time in Georgia, allowed our local small craft breweries to serve beer to their consumers in their own tap rooms for the first time. Unfortunately, what Senate Bill 85 also did or did not address was a lot of other restrictions that still keep our, our breweries, our local, these local small businesses, significantly behind other states. So, for example, in every single state that touches Georgia except for South Carolina, there is a higher or no daily limit for what you can take in or what you can walk into a brewery and leave with to go. Um, there's charitable donations in other states. There's self-distribution in a few states that touch us. Um, Tennessee has much more progressive beer laws in terms of what you can do with, your, with the privileges that are attached with your brewery. Um, so Senate Bill 85 was a, a great step forward, and we remain grateful to state leaders for helping us usher in that needed reform. But unfortunately, as, as many advancements go, um, it kept still some real onerous restrictions um, on, on these small businesses that don't allow them to, to, to thrive. Uh, and right now, with the issues we're seeing in the market and the economy, um, even survive in some cases. Georgia Craft Brewers Grill, uh, Guild, that's uh, Joseph Cortez, the director. Before we go any farther, tell me about this group, the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. Who are you folks and what do you do? Sure. Well, we are the nonprofit trade association, so we represent all of our independent craft brewery businesses across the state. 
Um, depending on what numbers you look at, there's about 160 to 170 now brewery locations. These include, uh, you know, uh, small brew pubs, um, small breweries, breweries of all sizes actually across the state, which sometimes encompass multiple locations. For example, Creature Comforts there in Athens has two different locations, one that is, uh, has their tap room and another that has production. Um, several other breweries have multiple locations. So, you know, we're a group of, uh, of, of, of small brewers across the state that advocate for uh, better beer laws. We work to protect and promote um, the licensed craft brewing industry. Um, and we really do that through advocacy, education, and awareness. All right, let's talk about this uh, from the perspective of what you might want the legislature to do. And again, Georgia, and we all know this, Georgia does not exist in a vacuum. You've talked about contiguous states. We have several dozen states, something like 50 states now. And as you look around the country, which state, if, if you could be any other state in terms of beer laws, which state would you be? Well, let's, let's stick with the Southeast, right? Because I think that's who we're really competing against um, regionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina certainly has, um, has advanced uh, pretty significantly with their, with their laws and their privileges that they give to their small brewers. All right, let's start there. Uh, let's focus on North Carolina for a moment. What can they sure. do that you can't do that we can't do here in Georgia? Well, they can self-distribute their product, which means um, at, to a certain amount, they can move around their product to – what is oftentimes local retailers, um, which gets one of the barriers out of the way. One of the hardest parts of being in the craft beer market is getting your product outside of your four walls to your consumer. Well, now, Um, I can walk into a store in Athens. I can walk into a store in Athens and get Creature Comforts, for example. It it got there somehow. What what happened? Sure. Well, Creature Comforts is a great example um, of how the three-tier system of distribution can and does work for some folks. In Georgia, um, you know, again, there are broken pieces of the system, but we're not looking to tear down the system. The system works great, and Creature Comforts will tell you they've gotten to a point that they've been able to build up to scale and get on those retail shelves. The problem is when you walk into Publix, there's only so much shelf space and a lot of competition. Most of what you see there is going to be big beer, which is a whole other story for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, big, large, multinational beer companies take up m- most of that space. And there's very little space left over for small local folks who want to compete in the market and the consumers who have that demand for that product on the shelf in the market. So if you can't get it there, where are you going to get it? You're going to walk into your local brewery if it's accessible to you and get it there. Still a lot of options at retailers, and we want those options. But the problem is too many of our folks don't have the option to even get to that point. And then they're restricted in every other way to get their product outside of their own four walls with still restrictions, by the way, for what they can even sell within their own four walls in their own product that they've invested, they've hired the folks to make, um, and they've really impacted that local community. You know, I'm going to guess, and I think I know the answer to this. You can, you can fill in the blanks for me. But I'm going to guess that when it comes to dealing with the legislature, and that's what you're talking about doing here, getting Georgia laws changed, uh, there, there's a talk about a two-tiered system. Anheuser-Busch walks in there with a whole lot of muscle, as does Miller and some of the other folks. Uh, these small craft brewers, that guy with his brew pub, that guy doesn't have any legislative muscle at all outside of what you folks at the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild can provide. That that hardly sounds like a fair fight. Yeah, it's not a fair fight. And, you know, um, there's, a, there's a legal system of lobbying and contributions in Georgia. We recognize that. We're the underdog. We have not been investing uh, a great amount of money and contributions for decades and decades. 
uh, frankly, because the laws weren't r- written to favor us um, until SB 85. We really only saw a handful um, of breweries because that's where the laws are written to really support, um, uh, you know, distributors across the state. Um, and I would argue, yes, the big beer folks do have a great deal of power and influence in the state. There's, they've got two great manufacturing facilities, Miller and Anheuser-Busch across the state in Albany and uh, Rome that are great places and provide a lot of jobs, um, as do we uh, across the state now uh, from corner to corner. So um, the distributors, I think, have most of the power and influence down at the Capitol. Again, they've been at it a long time. We recognize relationships are important. But now, with, I think, we, with our breweries across the state, we've got a lot more folks that support um, you know, the anchors of development and community that these uh, breweries are. So we're making inroads. Um, SB 85, again, as you mentioned, was, was a good leap forward. But it left the ceiling too low on these small businesses. And there are still, there's still a lopsided system of how we can advocate for our, our cause down at the Capitol. But we're going to fight the good fight uh, and being the underdog. And, uh, you know, we'll also point out where um, we try and work with, with distributors who are oftentimes good partners. But there's no doubt to that, to our, to our craft uh, breweries and brands. But unfortunately, they seem to be more interested in keeping the status quo um, than helping these small businesses thrive. And you know, the, the final point I'll make there is I would love for somebody to tell me how many distributors in other states that have self-distribution or fair franchise laws have closed their doors or suffered as a result of those laws. A couple of minutes left um, here. Joseph Cortez, the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. I want to step back and look at the craft beer industry uh, a little farther back now. I remember in 1997, I can tell you where it was, on Capitol Circle in Tallahassee. Suddenly I'm forgetting the name of the place. But it was the first time I'd ever seen craft beer. We walked in and they were brewing it right there. They're the big kettles and the big drums. They're brewing the stuff right there on the premises. It was a completely different experience in terms of drinking beer. Fell in love with that place, came to Athens, and the old Burnt Stone Brew House was downtown, and I suddenly found what I was looking for here by way of enjoying good beer. And the industry exploded uh, to the point where the big guys got in on the craft beer industry. And so as an industry, never mind Georgia, but nationally and internationally even, how, how is the craft beer industry making out with that evolution? You're talking about the evolution of, uh, of big brands. So, for example, Anheuser-Busch purchasing smaller brands. Sure. Yeah, well, you know, the market has shifted. Um, it is very hard, especially in a state like Georgia and other states, for um, some of these brands to sustain beyond competition in a place where, you know, the big beer brands really do have, as you mentioned, the power and the leverage, not just with the laws, but in the marketplace and in certain retail outlets and sporting venues. Um you've seen big beer brands scoop up some smaller brands. But actually this past week, we have some big news in our, in our industry, probably a little bit of inside baseball, but uh, eight brands, eight craft brands that Anheuser-Busch had previously purchased were, were sold to um, actually the, the owner of one of our in-state brands, uh, Sweetwater, Tilray Company. So um, That's part of the Bud Light fallout? Uh, it may be part of the Bud Light fallout. I think it's just um, uh, Anheuser-Busch, may, and I, I'm not the expert to speak on this, but uh, before the Bud Light fallout, there was also some brands that they were offloading. You know, they've gone and scooped up these small craft breweries. Well, they're actually pretty successful craft breweries, the ones mm. they've purchased, and maybe haven't done as well with them um, because they're not able to really focus on those um, in that in that local market where they have thrived. So. Um, again, I'm, I'm not the expert so much on those marketplace issues, but um, 
you know, we've got a lot of great brands who just want a fair chance to compete and get their product out in Georgia, and that's what we're focused on. Good luck with the legislature session starting in January. Again, Joseph Cortez, the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for having me, Tim. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.